here we are. All right, this is me sounding enthusiastic. Welcome to the All Things Comedy Podcast, Al and Bill Burr Show. All right? All right, it's not a comedy club, but you go, ah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Burr. Thank you very much. Fred, that was the worst intro ever. Jesus Christ, that was our fault for getting somebody, one of the lowest energy people in this business to do a hype man's job. That was horrific. I apologize to all of you. As you might notice, my partner in crime, uh, Al Madrigal, is not here. He is uh, stuck in traffic. He does this all the time. So are you going to text the entire time right in the front row, just staring there? (laughs) Wasn't your idea, right? It was her idea, and you're just fucking on to playing your video game? You think those things will cause cancer someday? Your thumbs will fall off, or maybe they're cooking your balls. <laughs> I don't trust any of that shit. Wireless headphones. Right? Just fucking, where, where does it go? Where's that power source coming from? It, it stops right on the thing. Goes into your fucking head. I'm telling you. It's all it's going to be. Is I'm just going to talk paranoid shit until El Madrigal gets here. How's it going? Just when you thought he wasn't gonna make it. Dude, why are you wearing 15 layers? It's not snowing up. Well, I just uh, came back from Mexico. I just, uh, and then uh, went home, dropped the family off. (laughs) But uh, I was surprised to see it uh, raining. You got your Pete Carroll fucking khakis on? Yeah. (laughs) I do. (laughs) <laughs> it's good to be here. I didn't think uh, Pete Carroll was going to get a laugh at Nerd Melt. <laughs> They're thinking, what alter Only ego is that? He's the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. How you been? I've been great. Can't complain. That sounded like a lie, didn't it? That didn't sound true to me, but no, I have been great. I, just, I was like, I... I've been great. You know? <laughs> There's no bodies buried under my house. It's awesome. Everything's, everything's wonderful. I'm fucking wiped out. I, I just, uh, well, I had a pretty relaxing uh, trip. I sat next to my dad in a chair, and we both, uh, my wife was really upset because she's like, you really are turning into your father. We both had books. He, I had a uh, Jack Reacher book. Uh, that's fucking, they're awesome. Do you know anything about Jack Reacher? Uh, he's uh, one of those guys that they turn into, like, the trilogy movies. Yeah. So I'm... Di- that's exactly... That's one of those guys, right? He doesn't take yeah. any shit. He's got a hot girlfriend, but can't settle down until he saves the world. <laughs> then you know he knows everything. every style of fighting, every weaponry can it's fly. Like, so about this time last year, I was down in, in Mexico for my brother's wedding, and uh, my uncle Skip Tarantino comes up to me. He thinks I know everything about Hollywood, and goes, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? I think it's going to be serious. And he goes, uh, Can you believe they fucking made Tom Cruise Jack Reacher? <laughs> You're the second person I know. I knew I knew that name. Yeah. Ben Bailey was up, wanted to do that, wanted to get a fucking audition for that. He said, because he reads the books They're and he loves. Great. You know Ben Bailey, Cash Cab? Yeah. Looks like a fucking He knows, Marine. he's a big dude. Yeah, 6'5", would fucking throw you through that window, right? And he, he wanted to get an audition for it. Which he fits the type. So my, I don't know anything about Jack Reacher at this point, so my uncle goes, uh, he goes, can you believe they did that? And I go, why is that a problem? He goes, let me tell you something about Jack Reacher. <laughs> Jack Reacher's 6'5", 250 pounds. Said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I go, you like those books? And he goes, I don't fucking like those books. I love those books. 
<laughs> so then I don't think anything of it, and I'm on the road, and I'm, I'm in Jacksonville at that fucking. You like that comedy zone? I hate that comedy zone. And oh, uh, put a smile on your face and give him a show. <laughs> Poor bastards living in northern, yeah, it's fucking right. Florida. There's nothing up there. The Jaguars are leaving town soon. They need you. Yeah, yeah. Get All on right. your clown shoes and your red nose. <laughs> Do a couple cartwheels for the people. So I'm doing a lap in a Barnes and Noble, and I find myself just. I'm wandering around a Barnes and Noble, and I find myself in front of the Jack Reacher books. The feature act walks up to me and goes, "Hey, you read these?" And he goes, "Can you believe they fucking made Tom Cruise Jack Reacher?" Yeah, everybody's and I, flipping out about yeah, that. Yeah, everyone's going nuts. And so I go, "You like these books?" And he goes, I, "Same thing. I love these books." I said, "Which one should I buy?" And uh, he t- never go back. And he says, "Grab that one." So I grab that. I read it. Breeze through it. The guy is a total badass. He's an MP. He's from this. <laughs> like, it's the best character ever. I want to so, read him, but I don't want to get mad at Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so I go through these books. I'm on, like, so I'm falling asleep next to, uh, with one. My dad's re- reading Michael uh, Connolly. I haven't read any of those. And um, we had a fantastic time. But I, I feel like for the first time in a long time, I feel rested. I feel good. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy. Oh, because you read. I read. You, did, you got outside of the, uh, the Matrix. Yep. That's what you did. <laughs> See, all these years that you're gradually shutting your brain off. Did some drinking. I was reminded why my, uh, my dad bought this place in Mexico about 17 years ago. Did I ever tell you this? From He bought the La Quinta, Quinta Inn. <laughs> okay, <right. laughs> my For dad is the best. Two million pesos. Any, any, dis- <laughs> any, any distressed... Properties or anything that anyone is in trouble, my dad knows about it. It's very true. So, years when I was growing up, he came running into the house and he says, Boss Skaggs is getting a divorce. <laughs> and we had Boss Skaggs Mercedes and he bought like, it in a fire sale. So, he found out that Oscar de la Hoya. <laughs> Oscar de la Hoya got in trouble with a young underage girl and the federales told him to get the fuck out of town. And my dad found out about this from some friends and went and bought this condominium on the water that his parents, it was Oscar De La Hoya's parents' fucking condo, and bought the thing for nothing, and he's had it for 17 years, and they've been going down there almost every month. Uh, How does he find out before everybody else knows, and who would think, what what did he buy when OJ uh, (laughs) (laughs) Did he get the Bronco? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That was his buddies. His buddy had the Bronco, right? Exactly. You know what's great about those? We're just driving all like these fucking famous, like fucking horrible cars. He's got the Menendez parents' bathrobes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's great about the Ford Bronco, the full size one, is that that little, what do you call the console area in there? You could literally put eight beers in ice. It was airtight. You could fucking jam them right in there. This is what was done in the 80s. And then you just, no, we don't have any beers in the car. And they would never think to look there. They'd always be going and tearing apart the back, you know. Ah, it's one of those drinking and driving stories, people. <laughs> Told with a twinkle in my eye. Have you been in a car recently where anybody's tried to drink and drive? Uh, just uh, when's the last time you got in a car where someone's popped a fucking cocktail or it's like popped a beer or anything like that? It just happened. Probably me, and I wasn't driving. But I always ask the driver if it's okay. I'm one of those courteous kind of people. <laughs> Hey, is it okay if I put Who your license in jeopardy? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do we know no, each other well enough okay. to do this? It's never okay. That's not good. I know, but you can fucking smoke weed anywhere you go. It's just fucking stupid. You know what I mean? They leapfrogged right over booze. <laughs> you know, why can't we walk down the street? 
We'll fucking shotgun it just the way you guys smoke. We just, we just suck it down a can. I can't do that. How come I can't come in a little drunk to work? Hey, man, what's going on? How come you, I got to be fucking high? You can be high and that's okay because it helps me focus. <laughs> fucking staring at your pencils. You know what it is? It's the belligerent side of alcohol. You know? If you're high, you'll just be like, hey, he's my boss. Whatever. He seems happy. He likes yelling at me. I'm happy for him yelling at me. And then, like, if you're fucking drunk, you'll just, you maybe, like, you know, jump over that conference room table. You stole all my fucking ideas. <laughs> what? Like what are you going to dreamed? I'm coming up to the point where I should start talking to my kids about weed and uh, booze. What, what, are you, what advice are you going to give kids, do you think? Start with alcohol. See how you like it, right? <laughs> then you go on to weed. And what you'll notice about Coke is it's very antisocial. <laughs> Everybody's got to be doing it. So don't hang out with people who are doing Coke unless you're doing it. You've got to be doing it too, all right? Yeah, and well, leave... <laughs> Right after everybody's done saying how awesome everybody is, that's when you want to bail. Because then it takes that ugly fucking turn. Um, you can go the hallucinogen routes, or like you could do heroin, right? And you'd always be chasing that first high, so only do it once. And you just have that great memory of being held in your mother's arms. <laughs> I'm so sick of fucking heroin abusers talking about that first time. They always use the same fucking reference. It's like being held by... So we got it. We got it. You're chasing it the whole fucking time. Yeah, I know. I know. I know all of that. And you knew all of that before you fucking did it. And now look at you. What are you, all heroin addicts? <laughs> I just don't... Possibly. How the fuck? I don't... Unless you got hooked on some pills that some doctors gave you that had opiates in it. I get that. But if you just go out and... Into, what, what do you think is going to happen? Right? Sorry, I'm doing some uh, yeah, no, college so... gigs coming up and I have to talk to the kids about drugs. I'm just workshopping some things that are going to take most of that out. <laughs> so I say that to a 13-year-old. That's perfect. Uh, no, what so... would you say to him? It'd be like, look, I know you're going to do it. You know? Yeah. So just get I'm it over with. with everything in moderation. I'm just, do it in uh, front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you do like the old school thing when they would catch their kids smoking, they made him smoke the whole pack? Just get him a whole big thing of fucking weed and you just make him eat it and he freaks out yeah, and he's hallucinating. That's what getting high is like, right? Did you you did ruin your, it for him. Your parents ever catch you uh, come home drunk or smoking weed or anything like that? They No. Never. I, I never smoked weed. I never tried it until like I was like 37, 38. Oh, just wow. one day I was just like, what, I'm never going to know what that feels like? Um... I was like, uh, no, I was a big drinker, and um, no. I remember one night I fell off a car, and I fucking landed on the back of my head and split my head open, and I was bleeding from the top of my head, and I walked by both my parents like, hey, how you doing? I'm going upstairs to bed, and I felt it going down the back of my neck. I still had my jacket on, and I walked upstairs, and I stood in the shower, and I just looked down at the water and I waited for it to get become an acceptable color red. <laughs> sort of a pinkish. And then I fucking went to bed. I remember I woke up the next day. My hair was all matted down with like dry blood. And I was like shampooing like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a scar or a mark back there right now? You, you know, well, I buzzed my head down. I didn't see it. I have one couple back there from, um, like I said, I buzzed my head down like you didn't notice. Um, my brother threw a rock at me one time 
and I got I think I got stitches. That was I think it was the first time I got stitches. So I have I have one up there. But no, it didn't. It was like it was just it wasn't like uh, stitches level. It was just uh, get caught by your parents level of, uh, of of being hammered. I forget even why I was on the car. My buddy kept every time I'd go to get off, he'd hit the gas again. So I finally was just like, I know. When next time he slows down, I'll just hop off. And I remember I. <laughs> Hopped off and just slammed my head. And I remember sliding with the car for a second, seeing the wheel locked up. And you, remember, you know, East Coast is all like gravel and shit. Look at the face you're making. Your kids aren't going to do this, dude. They're from like the they're from the timeout generation play dates. They don't even know how to be sinister yet because you guys have just been sitting on them. They uh, when I came home for my first party, my parents, uh, my mom grabbed me and threw me up against the wall. I was 13. And she goes, you've been drinking, you've been smoking weed, you've been doing coke. And just had me up against the wall and scared the shit out of me. I'm like, fuck, they know everything. Uh, and just, uh, it's just, at that point, really sneaking around after that. But I never got caught doing anything. I, uh, no, my, I never got caught. My older brother never got caught. But as we went down, I don't know what it was. My younger brothers, they were idiots. They, they would come home like fucking like movie drunk. Like if you saw somebody in a movie, you'd be like, all right, dude, nobody acts like that. Like they'd come home like that. <laughs> try to pee in the fireplace and like I remember one time one of my brothers passed out in the kitchen right on the linoleum floor and I came downstairs he was wrapped in a blanket lying diagonal you could barely get the fridge open and my dad was just stepping over him <laughs> making his coffee waiting and I was like he gonna wake him up because no nah, no nah. like he thought it was gonna be humiliating when he woke up and that he wasn't gonna do it anymore but like you know they used to get, like, a level drunk where they didn't even recognize you. Oh, I got a disgusting fucking story. <laughs> this is so fucking gross. So I fucking wake up one morning. I, I'm going to go to work, right? So I go into the bathroom, and I look down, and I go to turn the water on. There's this, there's this face cloth laying on the on the, uh, on, on the bottom of the tub and I reached down to grab it this brown face cloth <laughs> my brother took a shit in the shower I didn't know he's so drunk like how do you get so drunk you mistake a tub <laughs> like are you sitting on like wow I'm losing weight you know <laughs> so I reached down I was like ah like oh and I woke up all my brothers just yelling you shit in the shower like screaming <laughs> I remember my dad laughing his, he thought it was fucking hilarious how mad I was my dad loves a shit joke. I don't know what to tell you. No one's ever owned up to it, but I think I know who it is. Well, my brother, my brother's, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, my brother's a harbor master. So he, all the skivs that you see, but he was in, in charge of a pretty low-rent marina. Uh, it's called Oyster Point, and it's right near Brisbane, California. And to rent a skiff, like the slip, you have to prove your boat is seaworthy. So they bust those things out every year. But it only costs 150 bucks a month. So on, for some, a lot of people, it's the step before homelessness. They, so they go and get these fucking boats. So I take the kids down there to see my brother at work. And we're going to go walk around the docks. He's going to take us out in his boat. And everybody, he goes, uh, we're on a little bit of a stakeout right now because someone's shitting in the showers. <laughs> And he goes, I think I know who it is. And he fucking points to this lady and he, he yells out, I know it's you, Carol! And fucking my brother's hilarious. He goes, here, I'll introduce you around. He goes, this, is, uh, this guy's the one-eyed Chinaman. And he goes, hey, one-eyed Chinaman! Uh, come over. And this guy walks over. Hey, how you doing on that? 
I'm the one-eyed Chinaman. Nice to meet you. And uh, this is Crazy Carl. Crazy Carl comes up. But they were on this shitter stakeout. And so they would wait, and they'd be in the bushes with binocs. And then they'd uh, wait for everybody to go in. They'd just run in and check the showers. And it turned out to be his lady. But he said it was the most disgusting job ever when he was in this low-rent marina because they'd go in these boats and everyone was pissing in jars. And it was just fucking disgusting. Dude, the wall's got to be closing in where you're like, you've completely failed on the mainland. And now you're just on this boat, and it's just behind you. It's the emptiness of the ocean. It's just like, this is my last shot at any sort of fucking buoyancy. The fucking walls are closing in. No, I always thought, (laughs) if I don't make this, I'm... I always thought that would be a great place to set a show. I Because they had, you know, you had Don Johnson on Miami Vice. He lived on a boat with the fucking alligator. And you still always see the glamorous side of it, but you never see just fucking low-rent marina with people on You know, there. the closest was Jim Rockford on Rockford Files when he lived in that trailer down on the beach. And what I loved was he couldn't afford the Trans Am. He just had the Firebird. He wasn't fucking married. I never realized, like, this guy's personal life is really fucked up because you just, I was so focused on watching him win fights and solving crime. It wasn't until me TV put it back on. I was like, wow, this guy's really, uh, this guy needs to get his shit together. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of uh, badasses and winning fights, look, he got up and got ready to go. I think he said, getting your shit together. Speaking, no, speaking of badasses, uh, let's bring out uh, Fred Stoller and Ian Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Let him Here hear we go. Let's bring out both. Hey, Fred. How are you? Fred. There you go. Hey, Ian Edwards. Hey, Ian, how are you, sir? When you said, because he's doesn't shit, his shit's not together. He's like a, a no. bachelor and middle-aged, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw this the documentary about these porno people from the 80s and what, what they're doing now. And the sad ending, so-and-so finally got a, you know, a graphic art job. Randy Jones still lives alone. <laughs> That's the sad ending. Randy, who, who's the porn star? I forgot. Star? I, I, I'm gonna. Pre- I'm not being cool. Like I don't know the guys' names because I know a lot of names. Yeah, <laughs> you know a lot no, of but I just don't know names. this name. Well, you know when you pretend you're too cool. I don't remember. Welcome back, Carter. I'm young. You didn't know they was gonna quiz you about it. Yeah. So what? Right. One of them ended up being alone? Yeah, he's still alone. Meaning it's uh, sad. He's oh, yeah, he's irony. a guy in a house and he the watches irony. TV. He had all That's those me. women. So, yeah. Fred, you just started, last time you were with us here, you were going to start your podcast, and now you've started your podcast. Yeah. But we were trying to figure out what the name was going to be, and I suggested Killing Time with Fred Stoller, but that didn't work, uh, because you can't, what did you end up going with? What did, well, um, The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller. <laughs> all right, I guess not. No, no I, I like that. I like that. He likes that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you guys know each other? Do you know Fred? I think it's our first time meeting. No, we met before a few times. Where? I don't mean to make it awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Where where are you? you, uh... (laughs) Like in in the green room of some comedy club before. Okay, I thought you were going to say in the green room when we did an episode of Seinfeld. Then it would have been really <laughs> awkward. Cause well, you know there were really no black dudes on Seinfeld. So <laughs> couldn't have been, could have been Seinfeld. You know, I, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, and I'm trying to... Were there... How many... What black people were in Seinfeld? You know, the weird thing about it is... Um, Jerry's best friend Mario. is Mario Joyner, yeah. and he'd always be hanging out at Seinfeld. 
And it's like, why don't you give him something? And he had audition. They were so strict. He was in a couple episodes, though. I he don't made. Think he was. What's, uh, Mario Joyner is a good actor. He's a yeah, Mario. Yeah, he's been in movies and shit like that. Right, right, right. But yeah. I don't think. But he was always hanging out. And George Wallace was his other best friend. So he's got something on you. What do you mean, Jerry Seinfeld with the black guys? No, I'm making no sense. <laughs> well, I don't know where that went. <laughs> no, does anybody, uh, anybody have a huge Seinfeld fan that could tell, like, were there, how many? Just the lawyer, there was the one, lawyer. The, the, Carl the Exterminator. There was um, the Exterminator. We're going to solve this 20 years after it went off air. <laughs> Find out what's going on. The lawyer guy. The lawyer, that's Jackie Childs. Yeah, Jackie and Childs. Um, there was there a guy. The karate expert. The kar- Rebecca D. Mornay. Billy Blanks did an episode. <laughs> But she's not black. She was. What? The character's name was Rebecca D. Mornay. Oh, I thought literally Rebecca D. Mornay. Oh, I thought, okay. So in the homeless shelter episode? (laughs) (laughs) The shady lawyer. (laughs) The shady lawyer and the exterminator guy. (laughs) And the two black friends hanging out backstage. There was a Jamaican marathon runner who uh, missed the marathon because of an alarm clock. For real? Yeah. All right. I know. In a, in I, this is episode? true. Yeah. No, this is true. When I was a, a kid or a teenager or something, I or a I, I, I loved I loved <laughs> I kept track of black character actors. Louis Gossett, Thalmus <laughs> Rasalusala. I was Hilly Hicks in the seventies. I was happy they were getting work. I would read TV Guide and mm-hmm. and. Uh, Why do you sound guilty? <laughs> I, I was does, happy they does. were getting work. I, no. was, I was never like this. I, I was rooted. And then for, the nineties came. For, and I said we, we, we got to stop uh, this. Identified. <laughs> no, I Fred, identified with invisible Fred, people. Just try not to use the word they. All right. <laughs> it just I, uh, makes it sound bad. I know, I, but no, you're not, I know you're not trying to bad. sound bad. Yeah. No, no, but I, I identified with invisible, kind of underdogish, and right. it was, you know, it was a long time. And that's, uh, you, know, I tell, you know who really inspired me? Uh, Jimmy Walker. Because, no, there was no, back then, <laughs> black, skinny, he was a skinny, goofy guy like me. And I get that's someone like me. You saw him on TV first? Or yeah. you, you met nice. him at the clubs? TV. TV, all right. No, I, I, I really thought, I thought he was hysterical. And then I worked with Esther Roll, and she was just going on. How, oh, he was such a buffoon. He did this one thing where he opened the refrigerator and his mug. Another, another word you shouldn't use in reference no, but to she a black was guy. Using it. All right. Buffoon. I'm allowed to quote Esther Roll. <laughs> no, I'm just I, uh, messing with you. Go ahead. So she was describing what was clownish, and I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Don Rickles. Was is he most... laughing? Is he laughing? You know, when Don... Yeah, you're just uncomfortable. You sit next to a black guy, so you're like trying to say every black person you've ever known. It's just getting weird. It's okay. It's Ian. He's a, he's a fellow comedian. He likes uh, uh, Premier League soccer. Yeah. He's I would a underline it to music you connoisseur. This... All right, all right. All right. Uh, I was on... You Duckets. were literally stammering. <laughs> I was on Fred, du- relax, man. Yeah, why'd you get uncomfortable? Yeah, we're cool. Uh, because I'm so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, okay. I used to know a black guy in a ski parker. <laughs> so ski parker? Uh, whatever, I went to- whatever you got on there, that looks like you're going to go hit the slopes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, well, back black- in the day, they used I'm- to have them a lot more puffier. Now they, they kind of came down. I mean, you know, it's not that cold out. This, this is a black guy's shitty clothes is better than a white guy's good clothes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but, it's a, it's but you know that's kind of no. true, like you know, like yeah, in high it's, school. It's, high school true. It's it's a depreciating asset, so I'm all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never understood half of the rappers out there bragging about the shit that they're talking about. I'm like, oh, no resale value. No resale value. No resale. I, <laughs> Gold chain. Good. Hold on to that. <laughs> I, I got a I bunch like, of sneakers. Today was a. That's your fucking apocalypse. Oh, when like, they bra- that's I what like the a, fuck you're gonna do? Song. Break out your Jordans to try to get a fucking what? cheese sandwich? Are you talking about rappers brag? I'm talking about the end of the world, Fred. Okay. How <laughs> worried I am when when Ice Cube goes, Mr. Round got a triple double. Like they're always not you know, bragging about assists. Assists. I feel like Andy Kindler if you keep saying the word assists. <laughs> All right, go back to him. He's better. <laughs> um, it's all good. So I, um, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I, whenever it's at the ease of uh, when you don't headlining, you, you don't feel guilty. There's people coming after you. I used to headline and feel sorry for the people waiting online to see me. I go, that's their weekend. They're in Foot Locker uniforms. They're waiting in Virginia Beach, and and I go, they they rather see anyone but me, you know? Because why would you think that? Do you know I told him last Not time he was here, I told him another comic. I go, you know, you look like so-and-so a uh, little bit, right? And then he, this time, this is how he processed it in his head. Greg he goes, Gale. yeah, oh, do you yeah. remember the last time you said I looked like that guy, but the other guy was more muscular? It's like, dude, I never said that. I just said you look like this other guy. Like, once it goes in there, man, the disease that is just in there. It's just, it's just, it's just, word just punching yourself. That would be uh, another good... I'm thinking of just better uh, podcast names. Welcome to the Disease with Fred Stoller. That's that, a good one. That could be good. I mean, uh, we, put a, we did a lot of production already, so it's... No, I'm just kidding. It's hard to go back, but... Uh, now, how's it been going? Uh, it, it's, you know, uh, I had, um, believe it or not, anxiety. You guys gave me an opportunity to have a hobby. You know, because, it, no, there's no agenda. It's just I see of a studio. And at first I wasn't sure what the gimmick should be. But then it sounds corny, but just what would be fun to do. So uh, fun people talking to and character actors like me. And I, I think this is going to, like, pop out. So, I'm, uh, it's, <laughs> it's people and we're talking. Let, let me ask you a segment or two if this is a good idea, okay? Yeah. Fred, it's all it's right. Fred always right. Like it's fucking, it's you're Fred always friends, like you are, you are freaking the fuck out right now. I re- you know, I was sued for seven months, this lunatic lawsuit, and I was explaining the lawsuit and someone goes, you're not representing yourself, I hope. Because I didn't understand what it was about. Right, you as a lawyer would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how about this as an idea for a segment or two? Uh, mm-hmm. No, no, two ideas, but maybe they suck, but it's a podcast. Uh, push I, through, push through, present the idea. I'm always playing, this is going to shock you, a nebbish, a pathetic guy, a hypochondriac in sitcoms. And... So I always want to play someone gritty or Dennis Leary or Ray Liotta. So people write in three minutes like a script and we'll act it out and I'll get to be a guy punching people in the head and that could be Fred, a second. Fred Stoller is Jack Reacher. Uh, would be, I love that. <laughs> so, but people get to write that, send in their scripts and maybe one of us will be there. It'll be exciting. We're acting it and, and we get to showcase it. Or how about... I'm looking for the next Dr. Drew. So each, we try out different real shrinks, and I tell problems, and, and they try to get 
the score, you grade them good. on how they diagnose it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I like, maybe. I like, no, I like both of those I ideas. Like I, think those I should are great just lie ideas. say it's going great because I'm afraid someone's going to fire me for something no, for free. No, that's a great <laughs> thing. It's like, no, you'll never yeah, get nothing, You'll never get nothing wrong. Ever since you said him, said him as Jack Reacher, I was, I was just picturing him doing that classic, you know, when you're running after the perp and a car skids in front and they got to do that slide over the hood. I want to see you do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I want it to freeze as you're going over and Fred Stoller. On his face. Jack Reacher. That's what we need to do is get a muscle. Who do we know that has a badass? Greg Ro- Rogel. He has a badass guy. muscle car. <laughs> and who has a badass? Well, Rogan. And then we could get maybe one of Rogan's muscle cars and uh, shoot some fucking Fred Stoller action scenes. <laughs> I'd love it. That would be incredible. Be, that would be hilarious. I would love to. Yeah, I'd love to play a guy like he had a guy in Justified. He's skinny and he beats people up. Or Dennis Leary's skinny. I don't understand why I can't be playing that. Could I ask you? Who's your, who's your favorite uh, badass? Uh, Treat uh, Williams. A, a, who? And Treat Williams is a substitute. You don't mess with Treat him. Williams and the Substitutes. No, great, I would yeah. love to. I would love to. I, I love Ray. I would love to do a Ray Liotta script as me, just a guy in like a muscle shirt and smacking a woman. And <laughs> so, hey, bitch, your fat ass is fat. Get out. I don't know. Ray Liotta never said that. Oh, I don't think he says that. No, he doesn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> Dude, we should just shoot this. Just yeah. dress him like the guys. We'll give him all the badass lines, but he's delivering them. It'll be fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> But I thought I could act out those scenes. You know, threaten to just maybe threaten Bill right now. They'd say, could you do that? Like well, threaten, yeah, just anything. Well, if I had the lines, like but just make it up. Now listen here, I, uh, they talk soft. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Whisper to him, you know, like I don't give a fuck if I die Thursday because I will fucking come back seven times. I don't know. But I need the lines. That's why I need people to write in lines. This is great. (laughs) Now listen here is the greatest ever. That's like when your grandmother got now listen here, you too. (laughs) I will come back after I'm dead to make sure you fucking uh... No, I don't it just it's all confidence, and if I had confidence, I could, you know, punch. Uh, but uh, uh, Ian did something recently uh, that uh, was pretty amazing. Where left? Anybody watch the? Uh, I watch it. But they show Blackish uh, on ABC. Very familiar. Uh, nobody. Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, <laughs> Let's not even talk about it then. <laughs> no, no. I feel no, like Lawrence Fishburne, Anthony episode. Anderson. Yeah, that's where yeah, all, yeah, all the sure. black people that weren't on Seinfeld they stuck them all on that one show. <laughs> that's where they ended up on Blackish. <laughs> So, no, no, I, I grew up where blacks and whites watch the same shows. You yeah, know, it was all, like that. Uh, Jefferson's, Good <laughs> no, Times, no, no, no. you know, Sanford and Son, and then Fish. it became this thing. Yeah. Fish, uh, the spinoff at Ape Vagoda. I so, love the spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> Flow, yeah. Flow, remember that? Didn't yeah, last, though. Mel, Mel Kiss My Grits. They tried yeah. to build, buy, build five seasons worth of show off of that. <laughs> She was a waitress in a diner. No, so, so it's sad that it's segregated. But you know, anyway, you had a great quote that I'm trying to remember, but left of the show. Because a lot of times as a comic, you get these opportunities to ride on shows, and the money is oh, really cool. good. And so uh, here Ian is, and I'm going to start telling your story, but riding on the show Blackish, and could be, this show is a hit. He could be oh. there and rise to the ranks and be co-executive producer. And, um, sort of, and uh, right. you're right, you could be on this path and then develop his own shows pool. and I'm sure people would offer him a deal because he's very funny but you tell what to Jonathan Groff the showrunner what, what was the quote uh, I can't remember the quote exactly but it just felt like a trap like five years on a show you buy a house 
right? Like yeah. a year or two in, and then you you uh, you keep you have to pay for the house now, so you got to stay on the show. And five years down the road, I don't know if I would be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so uh, you, I, you I said something before, like I'd hate myself now. It, yeah, if Imagine. I sacrificed my dream of being a comic, and so you knew you were on this tra- in this trap path. Right. To and being locked into a bunch of debt and shit, that, <laughs> and now you you're free to be a stand-up comedian. That's exactly what you're doing. He's a great comic. Right. So you rarely hear about anybody well, fucking walking away from a show. Sure I wrote on Seinfeld to, this season, but it, <laughs> yeah, and people look at me like I quit the Yankees to be a paper boy. I didn't quit. I didn't get this but back. They were but, abusive to you, right? Yeah, but no, I could have used. You know, my lawyer was who was abusive me. to you. Well, not abusive, on? but Larry David is like he is on curve. Right. And he goes, oh, you're, you're a pathetic Jew. You're like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he abused both of you together. <laughs> hey. That's hilarious. So, I've never heard of that type of abuse. No. he We're both idiots. Uh, yeah, he, he self-hated. We are stupid motherfuckers. Yeah. Just, <laughs> he goes, me, he you included himself So, in no, no, no. I could have tried with a Seinfeld credit to... Um, you know, get on, you know, other, other shows. As yeah, a writer, yeah. and my, my lawyer was lecturing me, going, if you don't do it in three years, the sci-fi credit goes away. But I worked on one of these Disney shows where the Pee Wee Herman hat, it was a bellhop, and I, and I have wings on, the angel <laughs> of darkness. And then someone goes, weren't you a writer on Seinfeld? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Why are you on Wizards of Waverly Place as the middle-aged guy? But it made sense to me, if you read my Kindle single, my Seinfeld year. No, but... But I get it. We're very similar. We, we get each other, Fred, yeah. man. That's, that's the beautiful thing about this yeah. meeting. <laughs> We're all here. But uh, I know. I wish I was on Doug's show because I could use the excuse I did some sativa. And babbling and interrupting. No one says that. Yeah, no. no one ever says, I did some sativa. <laughs> <laughs> I've read too many comments about me on things, and I won't do it. Don't read any comments. No more. Never read any fucking comments. You know, it's when I wrote wrote in Seinfeld, again, the internet was first starting with chat rooms. So they were saying, Seinfeld is not what it used to be. And and, and all the writers would go, who are these? These are nerds. Who are these people that write nerd, you know, comments? But then there was a good one. Seinfeld's back. They would print it up and hang it on their bulletin board. (laughs) That's hilarious. Without any, you know, comedy too much. Uh, Not a funny story. No, it's not. Well, but uh, with the Trevor <laughs> Noah thing that happened with the Daily Show uh, flap for Le- that anybody gets a job like that, you delete fucking Twitter immediately. It does not matter anymore. I you deli- won. I got it. Uh, <laughs> you don't need. You have nuts with that. They had to go back like six years to yeah, find exactly. something. Some who old- did that? Whose yeah, job who did is that? that? Who, who scrolled all the way Twitter. back and yeah. then found like some Borscht Belt old school joke? And, and it wasn't even anti-Semitic or it as wasn't. bad as very anything bad. said. It wasn't. It was. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a confession to make. Uh-huh. I changed my mind and deleted some Dr. Drew tweets when I met him and went on a show, and he was very nice, and I was wrong. So that so I but then someone I was such a fucking paranoid nut thinking hey Fred you're a favorite here someone is going to go Drew Fred did this joke oh now, so you went back and you, and you deleted del- Doctor Drew well, after you got after you yeah, after I met him and right. said he's not he's not what I thought he was and and he said he'd have me back Can what, I have those what was tweets? He, what were they talking about sorry what were they talking about on the show that made you feel fucked up 
that you then lashed out at Dr. Drew. Well, I just felt, I said he would hold his parents underwater for, like, drama on his show. Oh, shit, you went uh, that way. (laughs) (laughs) I said he would kill his own parents, hold them underwater. I hated that celebrity rehab thing. It just seemed like he didn't care. It was all about drama. Put put Tom, uh, the guy who beat up uh, Heidi Fleiss together, sent her to a porno convention, but he does care. And, and he's a good guy. I bumped into him a lot. And he called my mother up when I was on the show. And he yeah, helped he seems her like out. A good he's a good guy. guy. And I just didn't like the. I he's was a going, muscular guy. Yeah, I was going. I was going. That's not real rehab because I know what real rehab was. So I was upset. <laughs> I was, what's What's your worst addiction? Um, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's got shortbread cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I can't have sweet. I, I can't have things around. I'll keep eating it. Like I'll eat a little Ben and Jerry's for five bucks and throw it out because I can't stop. Oh yeah, I'm like that too. To be fair, every Once time he open, every time he gives you the business or it says some like shortbread cookies, you fucking threaten him. <laughs> yeah, and you got to get your catchphrase. Hey, fuck hey, this seventy-seven witness here and a fucking mic. I will fucking murder punch. you. Punch. <laughs> Finish it. I need the writing. That's right. No, you had it. Just go with it, man. Yeah. So something I meant to ask you, and and Ian, you could chime in terms Mm -hmm. of like. uh, (laughs) Listen, no, just um, no. It's just a road. You know, uh, Fred has a story. Like Fred was with Eddie Murphy when Eddie Murphy got the call. You recommended that Eddie Murphy try out for Saturday Night Live. You've been you've been doing stand up a long time, but in terms of surreal road experiences and finding yourself, like you went through this huge boom in. In the eighties, I mean, to the women throwing themselves at you. To I be don't over- know if that have, it, has it though. <laughs> well, I probably got more women than I thought compared to you know the comics where they did throw things. But now that I'm middle aged, go. I guess I did get laid a few times back then, and that's over. And you know, <laughs> when I thought it wasn't happening, I remember being with a woman in London. She goes, it's really been six months for you. I go, yeah, I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. But the first time I, when I lost, I lost my virginity. It's always good pre-sex talk. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I remember how to do this. <laughs> See, my shtick with waitresses, my shtick that I thought would work is I don't have shtick. I'm not like these other comics hanging, you know, hitting on you. I'm back there where you can't see me. And they go, oh, this guy's different. And So you'd hit on the waitresses. No, my my shtick was I'd go, hey, I'm I'm new here in town. What's there to do? Because maybe one time someone showed me around. They go, oh, they draw me a map of where the museum is, you know, and very specific, but (laughs) give me a piece of paper. So, uh... So that was my pretending I was new in every city. But I'm talking about uh, you do really well on stage, and women, you're after, you know, you're walking around after the show, and no one comes and hits on Fred Stoller. Maybe one, but no, it's not like a gritty kind of. Hey, I'm a badass. I, you know, you know what I mean. It's a nebbishy guy. I used to be nebbishy. I used to be nebbishy. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, you know, no. It's 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 some things here and there, but it's not what you would think. No, I used to, like, I got married it really early. I mean, I got married when I was 30 years old, and it's I... It's a decent age. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> but I met my wife, I think, eight months in. 
Oh, to you think stand-up. you think there are opportunities? Yeah, I always think. But, but you know, even on stage, you know, there'd be a little bit. And I talk about my wife and my kids a lot on stage, and there's always a bunch of stories with my that involve my kids. And so, but I rarely, every once in a while, some you know scrag uh, that just heard me tell a fucking bunch of kid stories and how I'm. I tell you, at the end, I think of my act right now. I talk about how I'm, I met the love of my life and I'm happy and all this shit. And you still, there's some trollop. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you just heard me talk about how I've fucking been married for 14 years and you're still going for it. Uh, all right. I, I, uh, that's, that's a woman who knows what she I've wants. Had, so. <laughs> you got to give her credit I, I, for that. I've had some things on the internet and I won't get, I, I bet in I get fish tanked, whatever that expression is. Catfish. Catfish. Um, fish tanked. <laughs> but one woman... You know, I, I trusted her, and it made me feel attracted. She wanted to see me naked. And then, so I sent the picture, and then... Oh, you no! Know, I know. Stop reading the comments and never do that. Yeah. So, so then the next day, I don't hear from her. I'm freaking out. But then she goes, I'm going into rehab, and they take my phone away. That's why I haven't talked to you. So they're going to look through her phone and go, here's that guy. And uh, so then she's in rehab, so I feel it's weird to go, can you... Uh, Reciprocate? Can I see you? So I should wait till she's. That uh, just happened? Yeah. So she's still in rehab. Yeah. So I can't. <laughs> I think I put her over the edge. When, uh, all you can get is a naked picture from this guy. Yeah. Your, your photo. Your sad, photo, I know. Your photo was her rock bottom. All of a sudden, hey, send a picture. <laughs> exactly. Send a picture, and I, I can't have it's my. A, they took a, my phone away. I'm in rehab. It's a new form of intervention. Just yeah. send. Drug addicts, Fred's naked photo, <laughs> and they'll all check in. That did that happen? <laughs> no, I'm not a drug addict. I can handle this. Uh, where, where is it? Where is the direction? To all right. The... And we're making people vomit. Uh, picturing the middle age. What about guy. you guys? Uh, you talk about being married on stage at all, or anything? yeah? And then. What's happening now? You as far as what? No, I don't. I don't go out and talk to anybody. You don't talk to anybody no. after a show. Girls no. talk so to you. Huh? Yeah. Girls talk to you after the show. No, I. I there's no interaction. I thank you. Good night. I got it. When me and I'm Matt, out the door. I got what I needed. I got what I needed. I got the rush of it, and then it's over. And I would just. just I went to a theater show that you like went. You disappear. went out to the merge table, and people were fighting over themselves. So if I can get out. Oh of yeah, no, no, that, that's, that's that's over. Don't, I no, because they fucking the people with sweaty hands. Oh. You know, if you have sweaty hands, I, I empathize with you, but you got to go with the fist bump. You can't fucking come up and shake my hand like you just got out of a steam shower and just grab it and you're just feeling these fucking germs on you. And then the other one is when somebody's taller than you and they're sweating from their armpits and they go like this and you literally feel the heat on their shoulder. And then fucking undersexed middle aged women, they want to fucking grab your ass and shit. They're a fuck out oh, with the red wine on their teeth. It's just a fucking. Shit show, a shit show, and then there's like always the people at the end of the fucking line who on purpose wanted to be at the end of the line. Waited. So they think they got more time. With yeah, you. and they got like a finger painting that they made, or they got some sort of fucking idea, and or there's always some jerk off in the beginning who everybody recognizes as a jerk off when they kick them out, and their idea of kicking them out, like say here's the Move comedy club spots. door, is they put them right here. 
And they go, and stay out. And then they just walk away, and the guy just fucking just walks right back in and will stand in the line again, and you look up. It's like, how the fuck is this guy here again? So, no, I don't. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I stopped comedy for 17 years. You know, 17? you can't dabble. You can't, and I, you know, and, and then I, what I enjoy now is... I don't have the desperation. I, I'll do a set and go right home because I know no waitress is going to be with me. You know, I'm in my 50s or anyone in the audience. You know, so there's that, I like it. So no hope is great. It's very liberating. No yeah, hope. You know. I was going to say, there's so much gloom in this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, but it's a fun. I live my dream and I just go no, immediately not, home. I used to. I used to like do a set and wait like a, to everyone coming out. Hey, hey, you know, I think it's some woman will go, hey, you know what I mean? So I like, you know, not waiting. You so do. now you're like, fuck it. You do, but you, you don't may- look 50, though. I'm older than that, but thank you. Yeah, you don't okay. look okay. Uh, Mike yeah, Flynn good. would uh, be very thank pissed you. at me if I did not, and Mike Flynn is a guy uh, who runs all things comedy, if I did not do a plug oh. uh, for the t shirts that are being sold probably right back there and on all things comedy at the store. Uh, it pays for so Fred and Ian. Do you ever use it? You went in the studio with Dean Edwards for the first time. Yeah, at, yeah uh, two weeks ago. It was dope. It was it's crazy. a great spot, yeah. but none of the comics are charged a dime when they walk in there. Wait so a minute. Keeping all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Fred and Ian, if, whenever he wants, and Felipe Esparza and uh, Dean Del Rey and all the people that uh, the Crab Feast and all these people that use the studio on a regular basis can use it so for great. free well, there's an engineer there but uh, your support uh, being here right now so you guys are already doing it uh, really helps uh, pay for that and so to buy a t-shirt if you don't have one they're very wearable it's a wearable uh, shirt <laughs> <laughs> before you kick me out can I ask yo you're staying you're okay. not going anywhere drinkability uh, my friend <laughs> My friend Joel in Brooklyn will like, he's so into TV shows, if The Sopranos has a bad season finale, he'll be depressed for two years. Oh, they, that sucks. They're just singing at a wedding, and he loves Breaking Bad or The, the Walking Dead. And, and he, if, if there's no closure, if something's bothering him, so he wants to know, what was it, Kubi um, on Breaking Cubby. Bad? Yeah. Cubby, yeah. Yep, Kubi. Now, he, Kubi. When, they, when you did the thing with the train siphoning the gas... Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. All right. I, I've also you kind of freaked me out and made believe that there wasn't. No, that, that wasn't episode. me. That was Greg Rogelf. Oh. <laughs> Someone more muscular. But <laughs> so so you he goes. I, I it's unresolved. You pushed a, a car over that was stalled, or right? Yep. He says he had to have killed him because you he witnessed the train thing. So he I didn't witness the train thing. Okay. Yeah, no, he didn't know what was going on down the back. All right. My friend right? would get mad if I didn't ask that. He didn't see Okay, it no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Those, those writers were on point on that show. Yeah. I think they, they, <laughs> they tied it all up. Yeah, they, they, they even worked, they even worked out the math on, on, on those chemicals, like whatever they replaced it with, whatever the hell it was, how long it would take for it to go out, and how much you would need just for the trolls that would be like, oh, it would actually take 20 minutes longer. And they were like, right. um, no, it wouldn't. Here's the formula. Go fuck yourself. Like they prided themselves even like that, now that you got me talking about this, you know the episode we laid down on the money? They actually worked that out. How, many, how much, how, how, how much wow. money you'd have, how high it would be, what denomination of bills. Just, just for that moment of, oh, we wouldn't have the, it wouldn't be that fucking big. Um, yes, it would. Here's the formula. Go fuck yourselves. We work everything out. It's great. It's wow. phenomenal. Uh, uh, my friend Joe will be so happy that, you know, because he, he walks around, he's, he's upset about uh, the... 
of it's a Walking Dead. See, you, he's like he's, he's upset about other things, and then it manifests itself in television so it's shows. Like he, it's like he's waiting for probation, and they give him another two years so, uh, for the next Sopranos. He's using these TV shows like it's his team. Yeah, it is. Like he's a Nets fan. I ne- I never got that where you're depressed if a you know team and all that. I I no, I get bummed out, but I root against people like Evil Empires. I hated the whole Phil Jackson smugness, the whole Kobe Shack. And, and then, then you I, met them and they were nice guys yeah. and you deleted the <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> assholes with their success. <laughs> I thought about something. Uh, we were on uh, this vacation, and we were watching The Hobbit, Five Armies, and uh, the late, latest Hobbit movie, and my daughter and my son said something really funny. Because the, the Hobbit, you know, Bilbo Baggins, he had the ring. He could be invisible anytime he wants. And then my son just looks at me, and he goes, uh, he goes, why didn't he just put the ring on, stab the guy in the first movie, like that, and this whole thing could have been over with. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, he was wired. And what I was thinking of you, Bill hates uh, Harry Potter and uh, The Hobbit and all kinds of other shit. Lord of the Rings, that's all the same movie to me. I it's, can't, it's, me too. It's pointy eared trolls in green fields and trying, trying to get the thing. I don't even, I'm not even a Game of Thrones fan. Huh? You don't I'm watch Game, Game of Thrones? You don't watch there's so much Game of Thrones. I, like I actually like, but my different. wife wasn't into it, and so we got into something else. So I, I but I want to, you know. You got to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. You got to win I, that. But that's fight. different, man. That's that's. No, no. I'm gonna win that fight. I'm buying the box set. All buying right. the box set, and I'm fucking. I don't even watch Game off. of Thrones. I just watch the making of Game of Thrones. <laughs> He's looking like what? Uh, yeah. And it, so what? Do that, I was going to ask that. Like, what else are you, uh, Ian? What else are you watching? Like, uh, TV wise, now that you're like, are you watching? Now that I got all the time in the world to watch TV. Yeah, yeah. Now that you have nothing uh, else to do. Walking Dead. Walking uh, Dead is fantastic. Uh, you watch that? How do you feel about zombies? They're boring. <laughs> I get it. You're dead, and I got to keep shooting you. And I root. I root for the actors to stay alive because I like them and to get more convention money. Yeah, I like. Uh, <laughs> I uh, like. Uh, I like uh, uh, Last Man on Earth. Oh, it's great. Will Forte. I started Jesus. watching it. Oh, I'm like uh, four episodes in. Yeah, I got up to the cow episode. <laughs> I, uh, I met Kobe Bryant. He was a very nice guy, really. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. I did an episode. Bette Midler had a show, a brief show, and he was a fan of Bette Midler and wanted to be on it. What? Kobe Bryant. Really? Yeah. You could look it up on the, the things. <laughs> on the things. I don't think... Now, people can't lie now because of the internet. I used to know people, yeah, I'm a regular on the show Oz. You go, no, you're not. Yeah, and then now you could, you know, you know what I'm saying? Pathological liars. It's helped. But Kobe Bryant... <laughs> so how's everything working out like stand up wise uh, you go on the road with uh, Rogan Rogan I'm, I'm doing more shows I'm going out more and, it, and, it, and it's also like I was just trying to there's some things I wanted to write like I wanted to write a book and I wanted to write two movies and I wanted to do, use the time to do that and I want to make one of them and I definitely want to sell the book and yeah which you could never do working on a, yeah, a show there's like no, that and then do stand up and get another hour ready to do it like a to that do a special like way more fun what? Sitting in a fucking writer's room on a sitcom, oh. trying to figure out how to get the character out of the living room. <laughs> you know, people are always exiting in sitcoms. They may say a line and then they've yeah, got to get you the fuck out. And as you walk out, there's always another person simultaneously walking in. Yeah, there's a lot of math involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, there is. I never wrote on one. I just I did but a couple But you've been of there. You, you've seen the competition. Yeah, but what it always was was somebody said in the 90s anyways, you'd always have a character that would just say something 
so out of whack, out of left field yeah. that Those in real life, play. in real life, everybody would stop and be like, "What the fuck?" Oh, that reminds me of the time I had sex with that pig. And then they gave you no line, and then you just so you just said to me, "Be like, make a face, and then deliver your fucking line," because they always had like the crazy like Schneider well, type that, of character. That stuff is the hardest to memorize. You could have a two line part. And you're saying something weird out of context. You're walking in going, I got the parameter, delivery, Shalik. And then they go, what? <laughs> you, know, I, you know, so I remember when I wrote on Seinfeld again, one guy had a line and Larry David's on the side going, the fucking guy has one fucking line and he can't get it right. And, and you know, the guy didn't hear him. I want to go, that, those are harder because, you know, it's not a conversation, you know. I gave the example. Yeah, because you're on so many shows as a, like you come in as a guest star to an established cast and, and they could flub lines. They have a familiarity, a comfort. Sure, you know? and they laugh about it, but yeah. you feel like you've got to hit it out you of the park. You're on eggshells. That, yeah. That's my book. Yeah, maybe we'll have you back, The Life of Perennial TV Guest Star. I, you know, and that's what it's about. Because Has everyone always been nice to you, or have people just been complete assholes to you when you walk in? Because you're walking into somebody else's family. Yeah, well, some of them... They're not. They're, they're they're not not nice. They're cold. Like you know. Like some of them. There's different camps. You know. The the regulars with the regulars. And I haven't had too many horrific things. It's always the thing they're they're opening up their Emmy presents right in front of you. Hey, we got a new house. Yeah. You know. And looking at oh, they got a plasma TV. NBC loves us. We love the Scrubs guys. So there were there were. Um, <laughs> and you're getting paid scale. Yeah. Yeah. So it's your you know. Have you ever been fired from a show? Uh, yeah. I, well, I've been. Yeah, yeah. you're always Over on that show. Wait, let's let's guess the show. <laughs> Let me see. Blackish. Wings. <laughs> I was on Wings. I replaced someone fired. on it. I replaced someone on Wings. Elf. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't do Elf. Elf. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've third been rock from the side. Married I with children. No, nah, I, I I've been written out. I went to like a cast and crew screening of uh, Scary Movie Two with a date, and then wait a minute, I'm not in this. And I, go, I wasn't making it off. So that's humiliating. Oh, you brought cut a date? You and they don't tell you. Oh, you brought shit. a date to the up. premiere and yeah. then you got cut out of it? Yeah. Did you have sex that night with her? Oh, no. That she, got she, cut she, out, too. She, she left when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she just said uh, she went with uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. He had a part. Michael you know. Keaton. Yeah, no, no. The, the actual Beetlejuice took my part. Remember from the Howard Stern show? Oh, get the fuck out of here. I swear to God, yeah. Oh, I, shit. I see him in it. I, I, I never, swear to God. I never figured that guy for a woman stealer, but yeah. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just don't know. Showbiz, showbiz is stone cold. Like, like I used to write on uh, Two Broke Girls, and they'll have like a run-through. And somebody auditioned for a part, then they did the table read, and now they're just running it to see it on its feet. And after they go back to the room, you know, they eat people like that. That guy's gone. Yeah. And, be, and like, yeah, no, no. I don't even know Table how they reads. deliver the news and shit. But you just told all your friends you're going to be on this show and it's taping and now you're fired. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's very cold. It's uh, Gary Marshall cut me from a movie but sent me a letter. Person, he's what a great thing to do say nothing personal, be mm-hmm. nothing creative, you know. If they, but yeah, it's they'll uh, run through a table read. They'll they'll fire the guests. Oh, you just got to power through. Like Kevin Hart has a. Uh, when I was uh, it was two thousand and three. I had a show that we shot seven episodes and never aired, and I had like none of them. Print, none of them. And but can't remember Kevin Hart had a show picked up by ABC, and it was popping oh, champagne I I wrote in. You did? The big house. The big house, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he they flew him to New York. Flew him to New York. Oh, New York. yeah. He's champagne bottles with his entire family in a, a suite, 
And then they decided that it wasn't going to get picked up they, for the it, for the fall. Yeah, it was the what, what they call it upfronts. They flew into yep. town for the upfronts. Then didn't uh, present. Or it. you could work with someone for five years on some animation. Hey, we're family. Hey, and then in, when it's over, you're auditioning with their arms folded. You know, it's it's just yeah, it's very. Tenuous, but you power through, right? Fred? Yeah. What am I? No, I'm, no. It's I also a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I don't mean to. A lot be, of dreams, a lot of accomplishments. Down. When I said hope, I'm actually happier. <laughs> this is making Everybody me go quit. home. Give up hope. Just, no, it's I'm happier that I'm not. Ooh, pilot season. Why aren't I going up? You know, I don't go by what it's supposed to be or younger. No, I'm. I'm enjoying. You know, I enjoy things. Not do that you, I don't have hope, but do you uh, do that? Do you go out for pilot? No, none. I had an agent. For 10 years, and towards the end, I loved him because he was great because he didn't get me anything, and I hate auditions. And, and then I go, and he was so good, I go, I gotta try. And then I went to another guy, and he's great too because there's nothing with him. But all the jobs I get, someone asks for me, someone I work for, I don't fit into puzzles, you know? So I, I most of you know, like the pilots, they want the Donald Logue kind of Zach Alphanakos, rule number three for chicks, hey, we're swigging. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always the philosopher, dude, never let your girl go to the mall, a poker. Buddy, I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> hey, there's always the poker buddy, the, the, the stuffy, nervous guy, or the uh, yeah, like the guy with not shaving. Hey, man, don't let her take your balls away, you know. And or the like I said, you know, I don't fit into anything. I'm not going to be a dad. I could chronologically be one. So, so I'm having fun. Whatever the, what I do, I do. Yeah, like you with the. I don't want the sitcom writing because I don't have a mortgage or kids. Those right. sound great, but if you don't have the, that strangling you, then just, uh, <laughs> then it's, uh, no, as I got older and I achieved my goal, I achieved my goal, my goal is not to do things that make it's me so miserable. It's fucking funny to say that kids, you got some kids, no, I don't got that strangling me. <laughs> Well, you, uh, you know, Ben, I want to say that to some fucking asshole parent who won't shut up about their kids. That's the funniest shit ever. Well, you said your thing about... You get in their head like they made, like they fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what but, did I do here? But you have the great line of, you have kids 18 years, your life is over. You know, didn't you do a bit like that? I probably did something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. great it about being like married, that. you know, but... No, it's it's all fun it a, now. It definitely goes through your head. No, I mean, it's I a rewarding, to, great thing if you, you I make just, a lot no, of money. I, when I left the house just now and was rushed over here and I'm late, uh, I the house. <laughs> it's like he's completely disassociated himself from it when I left that house. I left the house. <laughs> No, my 12-year-old looked at me and he goes, uh, love you, Dad. When do you think you're going to get back? Nine o'clock? I'll wait up. Well, and then I re- he's go, oh, the Warriors are playing the Pelicans, and so he's going to record that. And he goes, I won't watch it. We'll watch the end together. No, it's fantastic. No, no, it's it must wonderful. be a rewarding, great thing. I love that a good hanging guy. over my head. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I do think about, and that's why I ask these guys about the road and what it's like. Cause I've never experienced that. I've never been like a single now, All you missed is it still work. Musicians go up, they fucking play the fucking ukulele, and then they can sit there like you did. You fucked up. You went out like you were a musician. You told jokes. You got to keep tap dancing afterwards. Like, hey, right. I'm still funny. I'm still funny. And boom. You know? But if you're fucking, if you're a musician, you just go up, you know, you play, then you brood over in the corner with your fucking knitted hat on. And it's all. <laughs> You know, I, you know how I could get laid. I could get. Be, you Can't know, catch cold. I got to protect the instrument. Like, like if, if I go to. <laughs> this is how I could get laid if I could do this. I could go to Starbucks and see some woman writing on a laptop. Go, what are you writing? You know, I wrote on Seinfeld. I'll, I'll look at it. 
that's not how you do it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll mentor you. You know, if you pretend you're mentoring them for a one-woman show or a one-woman show. Yeah. No, a lot of guys just write one-woman shows. When do you go for the back rub? Do you wait till you <laughs> start rubbing the shoulders in the coffee house? No, if you have the patience to sit with a woman, go. Seinfeld, I was on wings. <laughs> <laughs> whispering, whispering his resume into the ear like that's his game. No, but if you Three have... decades of consistent work. <laughs> if you have the patience to go, you know, if you feel good by being the fix-it guy, going, no, 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 no. If you want to have people come to your show, put that bit over there, and then the woman, they think, but... No, no, no that, that, that is a way. Yeah. That's a legit way. Yeah. That's a way in. That, that's an at-bat... Huh? It's that an at bat. Yeah, 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 it is. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, do you know a guy, speaking of You can dancing, get to at least two bases with that move. Do you know a guy, John Mulroney from the 80s? Yeah. Like back in the uh, New York, the comedy days, if you'd meet at the improv three comics, and if you had a car, you know, you would drive the other two. And a lot of guys got work because they had a car. Yep. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that to be funny. It, was, it didn't get a laugh, but it's not funny. <laughs> but uh, No, that's what Felipe would talk about. If you, Felipe, uh, his, uh, Felipe Esparza has a great podcast called What's Up Fool on All Things Comedy. And he talks about there's some great – go uh, listen to all the kidnapping episodes because he talks about taking – this is when Felipe is just fucking out doing tons of drugs. And he would take kidnap comedians – that had cars. So he would just find a kid with a car and then have that kid, and he talks about in all these podcasts, drive, make the kid drive him around to all these drug dealers' houses and just wait while Felipe was in the house doing drugs. And he, talk, he would kidnap people for like three days in a row. Yeah, he'd do that. So that's what you did? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't have the car. The other comedian, I'm at his mercy. So we did a set in Long Island, and back then... The, the, the uh, comedy club became a disco. Like, all of a sudden, let's say, every clear out, the disco ball comes down, and I'm waiting for my ride back, and Mulroney's dancing with the crowd that was booing <laughs> me. And uh, so you got to be working. I've done a couple of those. The first dancing gig, after the show. Yeah, Absolutely. first gig that I did was uh, on the road, and I never did road after that. It was uh, Medford, Oregon. Woo! It was this place called Ground Zero. And it turned into a, a discotheque afterwards. And I opened, and then the owner came up, and he goes, Hey, man, you were, you were good. He goes, I, I don't have money to pay you, but you can drink for free <laughs> all night. And I remember, you know, I don't got anywhere to fucking go. And so I was stuck in Medford, Oregon. That guy <laughs> lost so much money that night. Uh, <laughs> I went for it, and I remember I never did. It was the most horrible road experience I've ever had. And I saw the headliner was dancing with this waitress. It was just humongous. And then I started dancing with this girl after drinking. I'm just so much Crown Royal. I went Joe Bartnick on the Crown Royal, and I was just drinking. I pointed the top shelf and just went for it. And so I'm wasted. I'll never forget dancing with this girl in Medford, Oregon. She go, I, I go, where do you work? And she goes, uh... Fred Meyer. And I said, what's, what's Fred Meyer? And she goes, they got everything. <laughs> and then she said to me, she, said, she goes, from lumber to jewelry. <laughs> and I was like, fucking, what am I doing? This is the worst. <laughs> this is horrible. 
And then I never forget, I went to the, I, so I'm sort of a germaphobe, I'm at this Motel 6, and then um, I hear all this yelling, and I won't name the comic, but then he showed up with that waitress, and I look outside, and there's these three kids um, that are standing in the parking lot and, and waiting, and he brings, he, uh, they knocked on the door next door, and he goes, get the fuck out of here, to these kids. And then he was having sex with the mom, and then I went out, and I just like did a tap dance for these little kids like to distract them. I was like, hey, guys. Da, 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 da. Never went on the road that's a, ever again. That's a, uh, <laughs> I, wow. I've heard, yeah. I heard of uh, somebody being a wingman for an ugly girl, but yeah. you're, a, you're a wingman who deals with kids. I just, <laughs> I just felt so bad for these little kids. Like their mom's getting banged in a Motel 6 the night after fucking working at yeah, shit shop. You know, <laughs> <laughs> The babysitting wingman. Uh, <laughs> this hey is guys. the song that does it. <laughs> yeah, I singing I, to I, distract. I, I, go to, I gotta go. You gotta go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, soccer comics. Name of the podcast: Ian Edwards. Uh, let him yeah, hear. Check it. it out. Yeah, it's great. If you love soccer, they don't. You they love don't. Ian Edwards. They don't love soccer. And and Very one of the funny. best comics in the business. See, honestly, no, I, I mean, totally respect that decision too, dude. That's yes. going to pay yeah. off for you. Man. And I wanted to say this. Uh, just recently, saw you, uh, like the stuff that you are working on. I remember I said, said it to you at the Ice House, but it, please seek. Out his stand-up comedy, it is fucking amazing. Uh, all the new stuff in this, whatever you're putting together for this hour, is going to be tremendous. Thanks, and, man. Uh, I got to live up to that. Now I got to really try. No, to no, crush it. On the Patrice O'Neill benefit, he f- crushed it. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It. This is so perfect to build him up and then go to Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Fred's already thinking. Fred's already thinking like they're, they're, gonna gonna say, they're not going to say it's nice stuff about me. Ian's more muscular. No, you know what you need to do right Can I tell now? Tell you one last story about well, no. not getting laid. No, you can't. No, no, no. I gotta go. You're going to save. It, I but go. I want you to do one more thing for sure. me. I want you to threaten everyone listening <laughs> and tell them to listen to your fucking podcast or you're going to hunt them all down and if kill you them. Are, if you want to fucking be a pussy, if you want to <laughs> listen to that shit the others do. I, 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 come on. Come on. Commit Keep to going. it. Do it. Finish it. Keep going. You got to finish it. Each one of you could fucking come at me. I'll grab a fucking chair and I'll fucking take the thing and... Put your eye out first. I don't give a fuck that you look like Dirk Nowinski. No, that's no one would say that. And uh, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. All right, but it's that's why I need someone to write it. The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller. The Monday Morning Podcast. All things comedy. Thank you very much. Buy a T-shirt on your way out, please. Thank you. Or online.